Well, we are on our second week of our Fruit of the Spirit series, which we're about to get into. And, um, of course, with our little video, uh, you know, there are too many people that uh, get turned off by a bunch of people who are kind of living uh, not the, the life-giving life of the Spirit. And they try to just tie things on to their Christian life. And that's where we run around and creating this fake Christian thing that just people don't like. God don't like it, people don't like it, nobody likes it. And so what we're looking at in this series is what should be, we all recognize it, what should be happening in our lives and how, where that comes from. It actually comes from the Spirit of God. It's not something we work up. It's something that the Holy Spirit grows in our lives. We're about to get into that in just a minute. But at this moment, if you came prepared to give, this is the opportunity for you to be able to, to do that and um, be able to, uh, uh, to uh, support what uh, God is doing in and through Celebration Church. And every time we have this opportunity, um, then we like to take a chunk of Scripture. And Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. You're like, well, what does this have to do with our giving? Well, the, the fact is that it, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Christ set us free so we don't have to be burdened and heavy loaded with the, with the pressures of this world, whether it was to try to perform to please God and other people or under the weight of that, the, that society can put on us. And one of the things that reminds us of the freedom that we have, that Christ really is in God, we have all the provision that we need. That as we walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit, that, that uh, God provides for us in that. That as we listen to Him and are willing to do those, those small things, that somehow the big things get taken care of. That a lot of times it's the, what's holding back a big thing is sometimes a small thing. And as we walk in that, and we walk in the freedom of that, that we live in not only spiritual freedom, but financial freedom as well. And part of that is, is exhibited is when we allow the nature of God himself. God so loved that he gave. So it's not a weird thing that we reach into our wallets or, or we give up some of our, our time and our calendar and some of our, 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 our treasure in our abilities or write a check or do something like that in this giving atmosphere, giving of every piece of our lives. That is not an odd thing. And why do we do it? Not because we're forced to, because, bless God, we are free to. It is an awesome Awesome thing. So as you're giving this morning, remember, this isn't out of obligation. This is out of freedom. This is a beautiful thing that we get to participate in. And so, gentlemen, you can go ahead and pass those <coughs> baskets. Um, if you uh, are with us for the first time, you'll notice that on the way in, somebody put a little uh, pretty piece of paper in your hand, and it's on the inside. It's got our notes. And so you're going to be able to track right along with what we're wanting to talk about. It's got some little fill-in-the-blanks, and uh, so it's a little bit interactive and be able to, for you to click right along with us. And we're in the uh, second part of a nine-part series. This is uh, one of the longer series that we have done as a group, and it's, we're going to finish up the rest of the summer with this and I started it last week you can get all all of these messages on uh, our website so if you missed last week you can just pick it up on the website 
But we have this launching concept, and we do this with every series, kind of the one thing that, man, if, if, when, if I ask you in two months, hey, what was, the, what was the fruit of the Spirit, what was the now showing series all about, because we want this fruit to now show up in our lives, um, if, what was this about, this is it. This is what we want it to be about, is as God is growing us from the inside out. This is God doing it. This isn't us tying on those little things like our little story said, this is God growing it from the inside out. We will begin to show more and more of his qualities of the nature of God in our lives. And this is so beautifully and poetically referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the Spirit does. When we allow the Spirit to, 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 to work in our lives, this is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Now, when we get a control of our lives, this isn't what necessarily comes out. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to have reign in our lives, this is what comes out. And let's go ahead and let's look at Galatians 5, because this is where we find it. 5.22 is where we're going to jump off. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I love it that freedom runs right here. We can just love and, and be joyful and have peace and just, just, just go for it. And uh, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. It wants to go in another direction. But since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Again, we mentioned last week that as these things begin to grow in our lives, if somebody doesn't understand where it's coming from, you can actually end up with, with, with Christian people being jealous of the fruit of the Spirit in somebody else's life. You can actually end up being, well, man, I wish I was that joyful. Why am I not that joyful? And, and I wish I had that much love and that much peace. And why is that person so... And you end up going, wait a second. The Holy Spirit wants to do that same thing in my life. We can't let, let ourselves get pulled off into that. But as we look at this, there's nine of them here. And the very first one is love. And I don't think it's an accident at all that the first one listed is love. Why? Because love is the hinchpin. It, it, it wraps them all up. God himself, when he's described in one word, it's God is love. So let's go ahead and look at this. That first off, love is a promise. And it comes with promises. God has promised his love to us and it comes with it. When we embrace it, there are these things that come out of it. Let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians 13, okay? And I want you to just, I want you to listen to this. 1 Corinthians 13, okay? This almost, it almost sounds too good to be true. It almost sounds like an infomercial, okay? I wish I had an infomercially voice, but I don't. But the love is patient. Love is kind and it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. And it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, we get love rolling in our lives, and I'm telling you, the, the rest of the train of those fruits of the Spirit, they'll just begin to pop up 
like crazy. Why? Because love itself incorporates some of those things. It incorporates patience and kindness. It has some of those things already built in it. It's a fruit with fruit in it. That's why we ought to desire love. We ought to want love first. And then I love what the next verse there in 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says. Let's go ahead and look at that. Because love, folks, love wins. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Folks, love doesn't fail. Really pursuing love, it wins. It wins every time. Now, uh, <clears throat> the spent a lot of time with the with the Moore family and and uh, what used to be the Moore's baby boy, um, Ian. They now have a new or a baby boy, Sutton. Uh, but you go over to the Moore's house and when the TV's on, it's going to be some sort of sports on, okay? And so, and uh, Brandon was lucky enough to marry somebody who loved to watch sports, and so they watch a ton of sports, and so. Their, their families into sports and they watch sports and and I, i'm not that into sports there's some i like to watch i enjoy football but i can't just watch just whatever it's I'm not one of those guys and um so lots of times i've gone over there and they're watching sports watching something and um there's a game on i may not really know too much about the teams and so i'll ask brandon so well okay who are you who are you rooting for in this game and he'll have somebody he wants to see win so he'll tell me and then if Ian's sitting there, I'll ask Ian who he's going for, and it's always who's winning. The, if the tide turns in the game, he's rooting for the other guy. Ian is for the winner. He has this desire to be hooked up with the winner. If the other team starts, oh man, they, something went wrong, I'm now going for the team that wins. There's something in us that we do. We're drawn to winners. Why on earth do you think that, that um, people, that these sports figures make more money with their endorsements than they do with their exorbitant professional salaries? Why? Because people are willing to pay big money to hook their product up with a winner. Why? Because the consumer wants to be connected with a winner. We have this desire to be a winner ourselves and be connected with that. It's just, it was just, you know, it's expressed in Ian's picking of a team. It's expressed in the way our society uses money and pays athletes. We see it all over the place. Well, folks, as we begin to look at these fruit of the Spirit, we ought to begin to desire love. Why? Because it's a winner. Love doesn't fail. That is why Jesus' pursuit of the cross, because it was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. Why did the cross conquer? It was because Jesus went there out of love. Love wins, folks. It does. So that's why we need to saddle up and hook up and be connected with love. Love with God. That's why if your relationship with God has not been based on love, you will have seen a big old thing of frustration. It's just all frustration. Why? Because you try to put, try to earn it in there with God, trying to prove yourself in there with God. It doesn't work. That doesn't win. But love does. Love doesn't fail. 
whenever we try to have relationships, human relationships, and they're based on, well, you make me happy, I make you happy, and we're going to be okay together. You know, you all of a sudden, you don't please me anymore, we're done. Because that's not based on love. That's why a marital covenant has to be based on love. Selfless love. Why? Because that's the part that doesn't fail. Love wins, folks. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. You know what? <clears throat> you know what? You know, you'll have, we'll see it all the time. We, I see it in my own life, you know. I'm going to be one of the last people in the world to <clears throat> feel like I'll, I'll notice when my kids do boneheaded dumb stuff. But man, I don't call my kids bad. You know, I don't define them as that. Why? Because my love covers over a multitude of sins. And maybe you're like, well, Clark, you need to have somebody talk to you. Uh, I really believe I got good kids. But, um, but no, it's the truth. And that's why you'll see convicted criminals who are on death row that, man, their mamas just are just, just weeping. But he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Why? Because her love, it covers over those things. It covers. Folks, that's why you and I, because whenever we understand that we come together as, as a family and as believers, that's why love has to be the number one thing. To, for a, a church family to work. Why? Because you know what? I'm going to irritate you someday. I've probably already irritated you at some point if you've been coming here at any length of time. And you know what? I need you to love me so that gets covered up. So that we can continue to be in relationship together and move forward. We have to do that with each other. We have to do that. That's how love wins. Matthew 5, 44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies. Why does Jesus say these things? Why did he say the hard things? Why didn't he say, love your family? Love those that love you. Ah, Why does he say these hard things? Love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Another passage says, who despitefully use you. I tell you, most people, they can deal with a lot of things. But when they know they've been used on purpose. That's why we we always want to hear that thing, ooh, I didn't mean it. As in, somehow, that for us, that makes it better. Oh, you hurt me, but you didn't mean it. If you meant it, it's like more painful. But for some reason, it does. And when that thing of somebody despitefully uses us, it cuts. And we're supposed to even love and pray in that place. My goodness, love, love can even win there? Yes, love can even win there. And then the next thing we see out of love, why we've got to have love, why love is such an important fruit, is that love leads. And man, I tell you what, we need, if we, we need to be going somewhere on purpose. See, 1 Corinthians 14.1. Says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. Love sets a path. Follow that path. If you don't know what to do in a situation, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. Now, there was uh, years ago, um, I had. Uh, Bought that, that old Dodge truck that I don't have anymore in uh, first four-wheel drive. 
that I ever owned and uh, had it like a day, maybe two days. Had college small group at my house and I had to go run an errand and uh, Joey Huffman was uh, with me and um, you kid uh, two guys in a four-wheel drive vehicle. It's never been broken. You know, you just want to get it off-road a little bit. And so we go to run this errand and uh, uh, there was some, some property out in the bluffs and uh, so I decided I'm going to just jump over here onto this property and I want to stick it in four-wheel drive and we're just going to have some fun. And we had actually had rain that year. It does rain here and if you hadn't lived here very long, it does happen. And um, so there were tall weeds. I mean, weeds that went up over the, the top of this tall truck. And so I had thought that I knew where I was going. And so that was just jumping one curb, driving over this acreage, pop off the other curb and go where I needed to go. And But I hit this place and I'm running through and just having a great time plowing through these weeds. And I can't see nothing. It's night. I've got my headlights on, but all it's lighting up is the weeds. I mean, right. I'm just nope, mowing them down as I'm going over them. And... As I'm just plowing along with no nothing guiding me, um, sure enough, there is a nice little drainage ditch out there. runs right. And the, the other boundary, I thought I was headed to the, this. I ended up over here. And r- at the last second, my headlights pierced through enough, and I saw things weren't quite right. And I hit my brakes, and Joey's like, I think that's... And we, pow, hit the other side of the uh, drainage ditch and I end up with my truck in a ditch high centered no wheel you got four wheel drive but guess what it don't help you if nothing's touching the ground you can't do anything if you don't have a wheel on the ground they're just spinning you see four wheel drive working Woo! they're just doing their thing and uh, so I'm telling and so I have to contact my wife and be embarrassed I have to con- Joey has to let Marcy know that this idiot guy he's with has got us stuck in the ditch. And I'll tell you, it was just, it was just bad. We ended up that I had, the title hadn't even transferred. Somebody sees it, calls the police, who then contacts the guy who owned it. It's like, yeah, oh, I sold it to a pastor. <laughs> yeah, well, that pastor went joyriding and is stuck in a ditch. Well, I tell you what, that's, that's it. When we quit, be, when we start being led by anything but love, we are going to end up in a ditch, folks. We're going to end up high-centered, stuck, with no traction in a ditch. If we don't allow love to lead us in our relationships, our relationships end up in a ditch. If we don't allow love to lead us in our parenting, we're going to end up in a ditch. If we don't let love lead us in our relationship with God, folks, we're going to end up in a ditch. Love has to be the thing that leads us. It has to be. It has to be. And bless God, it was love that got me out of the ditch. And lots of people that cared about me and made a lot of fun of me. And, uh, and, and love wins on those levels. But 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For Christ's love compels us. Why? Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. We have this understanding of what Jesus did for us. And therefore, God's love compels us. We can operate freely in love. Why? Because it's not based on how anybody responds to it. Well, I tried to love them and they shot me the bird. Well, so what? Christ is the one that redeemed you. It wasn't their response to love. 
Well, I'm trying to be a good wife, but my husband just keeps being a jerk. Well, its love isn't dependent upon its response. Aren't you glad that God's love wasn't dependent on how we responded to it? I'm so thankful for that. He just keeps pouring it out and pouring it out and pouring it out. It's when we understand what God has done for us, then we begin to be compelled by Christ's love. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith and your labor prompted or led or directed by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Love, folks, it leads us. But love also unites us. Love is what is that sticky nature. It may you know what brings us together. Colossians 2 2 says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God namely Christ. It's when we come into that place of love that we begin to truly be connected together. And that's when our understanding, that's when our understanding of what Christ has done for us begins to really be revealed. You try to understand what God did for us and try to understand Christianity outside of love and it just isn't going to make sense, folks. But whenever we get connected with each other, in love, as I begin to, to deal with, with my family and with you and, and other people in love, it begins to, even, even in those things, God begins to reveal himself to me. As you do those things, God begins to reveal himself to you. It's, it's like this magnet. It's, it's pulling and drawing all these pieces together. Love begins to put all of the pieces together. Colossians 3.14 says, Over all of these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. It's that ultimate outer garment. It's that one. It will bind them all together. You put on all the other little pieces, and then over that, we put love. Over that, love unites us. It causes us to stay together. And then love also builds. Love builds. It doesn't tear down. It doesn't tear down. It builds. 1 Corinthians 8.1 says, Now about food sacrifice to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. Just get knowledge, that puffs up. But love, love builds up. That's what we want to see. Love causes things to be increased. And when building is there, hope comes with it. When love is there and things begin to be built up, that is when all of these other things begin to begin to happen. We are going on our missions trip at the, you know, at the first week of August. And I was on a conference call this week with, um, with uh, Pete, my uh, since last year, my new Navajo buddy, and just an incredible guy. And uh, anyway, so I was talking to him about, um, you know, what we were going to be doing when, we, when our group gets there. So we've got a solid group coming, and I've got some people with some skills. And um, so uh, the last time we were there, we talked to him that the Navajo chiefs 
had, that had all come together, and they were working real hard to push out all Christian churches, all Christian influences, not allow Christian mission groups to come. They were really trying to get back to their Navajo religion, trying to, and they didn't want anything to do, and they were very reluctant to have groups come on. And so, but, you know, last, we went last year, and, you know, had a great, great time, great impact. And the problem is, is that the cat's out of the bag. There are too many Navajo believers. Can't undo that. And so uh, it's just the, so, um, but one of the things we were there is, of course, we live in the United States, and, um, but it's, it's its own nation. It is Navajo Nation. And uh, whenever we went onto the reservation, I was surprised at how, I mean, just, just we, you really do. You feel like you're in a third world country. And so I don't know if you saw any of the pictures from last year of the homes, but I mean, there are people that used carpet for roofing. I mean, just, just piecing all of these little different things together, and it was just, it was just terrible. And uh, so we're excited about going and making some renovations to some homes and working on some of the churches and doing the outreach to the kids. And, and, uh, but I did, we didn't fully understand. If you've never spoke to a Navajo, they're not real chatty. Just having a conversation on the phone with a Navajo is interesting. And because uh, it'd be a lot of silence. And um, anyway, so uh, what he told me is that the, the tribal chieftains had kind of have had a turnaround and have, are wanting missions groups and, and told and talked to Pete and said, whenever they come, we want y'all to have them do work projects. Because this is what I didn't realize. Is that over 40 years ago, because of some dis, uh, dis uh, discretion or di- not discretion disputes land disputes between the Hopi nation and the Navajo nation over this land then the US made a de- declaration that the Navajos could not build or repair their homes for uh, until this got dealt with and this stood for 40 years 40 years that they were not allowed to build or repair you get a roof leak, you can't put new wood up there and fix it. Your house falls, you can't fix it. And the reasoning behind it is they didn't want them investing in it and squatters' rights and the land was in a dispute. And blah, blah, blah. It's still, it's, it was wrong, in my opinion. It was wrong. Okay? And so, but they repealed this law. And so now the tribal chieftains, even though they're not that into us bringing Christianity, they know that we'll bring money and labor. And so now a door of opportunity has increased to be able to go in and be actually begin to build them up again. Well, I'm telling you, there's just the little place we were where we were. They were having, and it's the population is tiny, and they were having two teen suicides a month. A month, folks. Whenever last time when we went there, the week before we went there, there was another 13-year-old that had hung themselves. I mean, it was just, it's just terrible. They've had 10-year-old children hang and kill themselves. Just the hopelessness that was there. Well, no wonder. There was no building up. There was no future. There was no nothing. Everybody was in park mode. Everybody was in stuck mode. Why? Because there wasn't, there wasn't anything to pursue. There wasn't anything to do. They're waiting on somebody in Washington to make a decision. So they can decide whether they had to move or they could build. 
I tell you what, when building begins to happen, when you begin to build somebody up, when love comes in and begins to build, it changes everything. I tell you what, my relationship with God changed whenever I saw that His love wanted to build me. Whenever God, the Holy Spirit began to tap me on the shoulder and said, Brandon, you need to deal with this issue in your life. I didn't get under guilt because, oh, you know, God, you're, you're being all mean to me and all this. No, it was the love of God wanting to build me up. Just like we're going to go in and we're going to take out some rotted two by fours and we're going to stick in some good stuff. The Holy Spirit's wanted to do that in my life. And when I recognized that it was love, Coming in to build up, I embraced it. When we think God's messing with us or picking on us, we get under condemnation, then we'll reject it and we'll get away. But folks, love builds. It builds, it builds. That's why we have to respond to each other in love. Because it, it creates this synergy. And then we have to also understand, folks, that love has a great reward. We're not, with this love that doesn't end. And you know what? Honestly, in my opinion, love could be its own reward. I would honestly, I would rather love than not love. I'm happier when I'm operating in love. I'm, I'm a, I enjoy being myself more when I'm operating in love. But you know what? It doesn't end there. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, However it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So it just starts there. When we just begin to love God, God begins to move in our lives, in the seen and folks, and in the unseen. And the things that we're going to get to walk in 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 a place of eternity outside of this earth, and even in our lives now, we can't really begin to wrap our minds around all that God has. Folks, when you begin to embrace the love of God, I'm telling you, your future is going to shift. It will change. You say, I've been in this same cycle. I've lived on this planet decades, and it's been one that same year after year. You embrace the love of God, and I'm telling you, that cycle will change. It will. God has so much in store. Second Timothy 3 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money boastful and proud and abusive and disobedient to parents and all of these different things. And then and three, it says, without love. So what's the deal here? Okay, in the end times, they're going to be lovers, but then without love. They're going to be lovers of themselves and lovers of money, but without love. How is all this connected? Well, it's not the same word. We use the word love. We just toss love anywhere. I say I love chocolate chip cookies, and I say I love cutie. It is not the same thing, folks. <laughs> It is not by any means the same. We need another word. In fact, when we were, when we were dating we, and courting, we knew that that just didn't fit. So I said, I don't know what word it is, so I'm just going to say fill in the blank, just blank. And it's just the biggest word you can think of to be love. And so then it, you know, we would write to each other or speak to each other and say, I, I blank you because love is not enough. I use that word with other things. And so, but here in the scripture, it's not that way. It's different words. The lovers of themselves, it is the word <clears throat> philatos, which is fond of self or selfish, of lover of own self. But then when we look at this without love, <clears throat> it is estorgos, and that comes from being hard-hearted towards kindred, towards our fellow man, without the natural 
affection, without natural care for each other. We understand just even outside of Christianity that there's just this natural amount of love that just kind of ought to exist. And as things progress outside of God, that begins to dissipate where that in the end times, even that doesn't exist anymore. Folks, we have to pursue the real true love with its real true reward. Why? Because Romans 5, 5 is true and hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. The love gets in there by the Holy Spirit and it grows out of us by the Holy Spirit. We can't take any credit for it from start to finish. That's why every morning we ought to be saying, Help me, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. Lead me, Holy Spirit. Why? Because we can't do this love thing, which everything hinges on, without the help of the Holy Spirit. See, folks, the fruit of the Spirit is the ultimate fulfillment of on earth as it is in heaven. Love really does, it really does make heaven a place on earth. It really does. Why? Because heaven is that ultimate place of love. Let's choose to allow heaven's love to grow in our lives today. Now, what the world calls love, what God calls love. And that begins with embracing love himself with the love that was poured out for you and it's in the ultimate sacrifice. If you haven't done that, if you haven't embraced the love that Christ gives in exchange your dead life in Christ, we're not a dead tree trying to put fruit on it. We're a live tree growing fruit out of us. If you are at this morning, you need to embrace that life. Then we're going to create a quiet moment here. I appreciate everybody would bow your heads and, and close your eyes and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to have its way. And if that's you and you need to say, Brandon, I need this love thing. I need what God is doing. I need what Jesus has provided. And you say, I want to embrace that. I want to say yes to that. Then I want you 